Uh, this morning I'm going to be speaking uh, on the subject of uh, deceit. Uh, it's a little bit different to normal, maybe, but uh, I think something that can, uh, can creep up on us as Christians uh, and put us in all sorts of trouble um, and, and take us off the path. Uh, and I, I'd like to just share about it um, uh, and some of the pitfalls of it. So let, let's let's just get straight into it. I, I, I had this thought in my mind, um, <coughs> you know, as Christians, um, as people, uh, a lot of the time we can want um, two things. Uh, one is avoid conflict. Um, I don't want to be in conflict. That can be something that we uh, we feel quite strongly. And the other thing is, I want everybody to like me. Yeah. As a, as a, even as a Christian, that's as per, is normal in some ways. I want everybody to like me, and I want to avoid conflict. Uh, and, and I think <clears throat> what I've been reading, I've just been reading through uh, again uh, the words of Jesus. And what I find is someone who really is not concerned with who doesn't like him. Not concerned with uh, rubbing people up the wrong way. (laughs) Um, And not concerned about getting into conflict. But he is concerned with the truth. Amen? Amen. Jesus is, is so concerned with the truth, the full truth as well, not just part of the truth that allows people to still think something else. Uh, and, and, and continually, over and over again, Jesus will get into conversation with someone uh, and they will come away knowing the whole truth. <laughs> not part of it, not allowed to carry on with the, the way they were, but completely confronted with something that is, is pure, pure truth. Uh, and, and for me, it was very, very exciting to, to just read about Jesus because sometimes we can get this impression that, of Jesus, oh, he's just so loving and he's just so kind and, and um, <clears throat> isn't it great? And if Jesus was here, wouldn't he be so nice to us and we'd all have a lovely, fluffy feeling? And, uh, and part of what I'm realising, if Jesus would here, was here, and he is, there would be some home truths. There would be some facing up to things. Um, because that's how he was and that's how he is. Uh, and if we get into his presence, we become confronted uh, with all that we are. I don't know if you find that, but, you know, if um, <clears throat> my heart's in the wrong place uh, and, or, or, you know, I'm, I've, I've fallen into sin or something like that, uh, you know, oh, I don't want to go and sit in God's presence. <laughs> Because it becomes so, um, it all comes so much to the front. Because I know that nothing can be hidden from him. He is the truth. He knows the truth. And he knows the truth about me. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and something I've learned over time is that actually that's the best time to come to Jesus. Because he knows it all. He sees it all. He is the truth. There's no hiding from him, and, and yet he wants to come and deal with it and deal with all the, all the things in our hearts uh, and move us forward and give us a future. Um, 
Okay, well, let, let's move into to maybe some of slightly more systematic thoughts here. Um, something that really got me going on this subject uh, was I, I stumbled across a video on YouTube. I didn't read the book. Surprise, surprise. Um, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a book called The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Uh, it was written 500 BC, so 500 years before Jesus was born it was written. And it's, it's a masterpiece, really, and, uh, and f- forms a foundation for most uh, b- uh, battle and war tactics that are even used today. Um, <clears throat> one quote, and this is, this is something that really struck me and really got me thinking. It says, all warfare is based on deception. All warfare is based on deception. The ob- and this is, this is just me, right? The object of war is to destroy your enemy and completely wipe them out. That's what wars are about. They're not about making friends. Uh, they're not about uh, building for the future. They're about destroying and laying waste. They're not about building relationships with your enemy. They're about destroying them. And about cultivating anything. And it just, it just really struck me that all deception leads to war and death. That's, that's, that's all it can do. It, 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 it's, it, its end goal is always, is always destruction and death. Uh, however small these deceptions are, they can only lead down one path. Uh, and, and as we know, Jesus Christ, he, he, says, he says, I am the, truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Somebody said that this morning. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, and what Jesus does is, is lead us into life, into, into newness, into freshness, into growth. And, and this is what truth does. It causes us to grow. Um, <clears throat> whereas actually... Lies and deception cause us to die and those around us to die and relationships to die. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I'm just absolutely convinced on this. When I, when I read Jesus, I, I read someone who's absolutely honest, absolutely truthful, uh, not hiding. And, you know, there's so many... Um, ways in which we can be deceptive while still giving air of, of being truthful, uh, even as Christians. And I think it's a real challenge to us because it, we live in a world of, of, of deception. Fake it till you make it. it it's a, you know, I, I must say, you look on TV, people don't even have real faces anymore. You know, they have plastic faces, you know, plastic breasts, plastic everything. They have fake hair. They colour it different colours to what it even is. No one's being real, are they? Well, I want to look young. Why do you want to look younger? Well, you're not younger. You're older. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? There's so much based on deception in our society and, and it can creep into our own lives. And this is what, this is what it says about Jesus. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. It says that 1 Peter 2, 22. 
And this was what was spoken about him before he even came along in Isaiah 53, verse 9. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And I love that because I think that's so different from I don't tell lies. You know? Because we can... Oh, I don't know. We can not tell lies, but not tell the truth either. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? It's easy to do that, isn't it? I, I, I tell some of the truth, but I'll leave out the bits that I don't want people to know about. Or someone thinks something, I'm going to allow them to continue thinking that because it suits me. It's easy to do that, isn't it? You're not lying. But you are being deceitful. deceitful. Uh, and, and I think as a Christian, uh, it's a real challenge. Where's the line? How do we know where to stop? Uh, where are we being wise and where are we not being wise? And we really need the Holy Spirit to, to guide us uh, and, 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 and speak through us. Um, in, in situations. What I love about Jesus is when they're questioning him, um, <clears throat> when, they, when he's been arrested in the night, sneakily, deceptively arrested when no one's around, and they start questioning him. Uh, John 18, verse 20. They start questioning him about what he's been teaching and who he says he is. Uh, and he says this, he says, I've spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I've always taught in the synagogues and at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? And I love that. This is, this is who Jesus is. I didn't say anything in secret. He hasn't got to watch his back about what he said. And I think about myself sometimes. Um, <clears throat> one of... One of the big challenges is, you know, when you're talking with someone about somebody else and you think, if they were there, would they be happy about what I'm saying? It's a real challenge. What do we say in secret? What do we say to people's faces and what do we say behind their backs? It's not necessarily, you know, because as Christians, it's, you know, we're not necessarily doing massive barefaced lies. You know, like, hopefully we're sort of past that. You know, <laughs> you know, when you become a Christian, you do get this this real sense of truth coming to your life, and doing things like that will really it's very very hard to do. It sort of really rubs your spirit up the wrong way. So telling the barefaced lies just doesn't seem to be a massive problem for us. Um, but these little sly deceptions, these little things that make life slightly easier for us. They're easy to fall into, um, but they're not building anything. And I, I just that's what I want to be really clear with. They're not building anything. They ultimately lead to destruction and breakdown of relationship. Um, <clears throat> I just love that about Jesus. You know, they don't do anything in secret. It's all up front. Um, truth is more than just facts. You might say, well, you know, uh, 
I think our society has very much trained us to believe that the truth is evidence, and it's only evidence. Uh, and now there's a really big, strong push in our society to believe that truth is how you feel. But that's not true. Truth is not how you feel. The truth is the truth. Um, <clears throat> there are things that are true that haven't happened yet. Jesus is coming back again. That's the truth. I can't prove it. But he is. Jesus loves you. He's never going to let you go. He's going to be fighting for you to the, up to your last breath. That's the truth. But it's not as simple as just evidence sometimes. Um... <clears throat> I want to turn you just to, to, this is just to make you think. I really uh, I debated whether to put this in, but I, I want to put, you, put this in because I want you to just get a flavour of Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 23, if you turn to Matthew 23, I, I want you to just get a flavour of, of, of how abrasive Jesus could be at times and how honest he could be and how it didn't matter what your position was or who you thought you are, Jesus is always going to face you up with the truth. Um, <clears throat> now, um, I'm just going to quickly point to the end of Matthew 22, verse 41. It says, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them. So what we see is Jesus is gathered together with the people and the Pharisees together Jesus is about to get honest he's about to get truthful let's pick it up in verse in, in chapter 23 then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples the teachers of the law the Pharisees sit in Moses seat so you must be careful to do everything that they tell you but do not do what they do for they do not practice what they preach they are heavy cumbersome loads they tie heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels of their garments long. They love the place of honour at banquets and the most important seat in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect and in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. I'm going to keep going now. I'm just going to push down to verse 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom to heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let others enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel the land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. You can keep reading. He keeps going. <laughs> he just starts going for it to their faces. He's certainly not being nice and soft and cuddly, is he? There's no soft and cuddliness there. 
I mean, I've never heard anyone preach on that ever before in my life. But I just, I don't know what it is, but Jesus is not allowing them to carry on with their hypocrisy. He won't allow it. He won't allow the people to think that it's all right. And he won't allow us to think it's all right in our own hearts to carry on being one way and saying another thing. Nice prayers on Sunday. Awful all week. Kind when everybody's looking, saying nasty things at home to our wife. Jesus won't allow that. He can't have that. And he won't stand for it. He won't push it under the carpet. Because he is the truth. And you must be the truth. And you can't be one thing and say another thing because that's not the truth. Does that make sense? Jesus is calling us to be a consolidated person. A man or woman who does what he says. I think that's so key. That's so important. If, we, if you're going to let your light shine, you've got to be someone who does what he says. Uh, and Jesus was. And that's what makes him super exciting. He sounds harsh there, he sounds horrible, but he's just being the truth. Standing up for what's right. And there's time where we're going to have to stand up for what's right. And you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> At home. I was thinking about this. It's hard to stand up for what's right at home. Sometimes it's easy just to let it slide. <laughs> you know, like I've dealt with the kids all day and they're playing up again. They're doing this, they're doing that. They need discipline. Oh, just let them watch telly. It's easier. <laughs> you know, if I, if, I, if I jump in now, I know I'm going to have half an hour of having to sort this out. So it's a challenge to us. Are we willing to be the truth at home? Are we willing to be the truth in the workplace? Even if it costs us. What if it costs you a promotion because you won't join in and be one of the lads? Or you don't play the political game like everybody else does? You know, my workplace is... Is these people on this side, those on that side, these who think this about them and those who think... Do you know what my biggest challenge is? is not... Do you know, I, I'm one of those people, I like everybody. I like to be liked by everybody and I like to listen to everybody and I like to listen to a bit of gossip. Like, naturally, that's what I'm like. And so you end up being in this conversation with these and this conversation with these and, and then you... You don't actually get any work done because you're just in the conversations with these, these, and these, and 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 I and I started to feel a bit terrible about it all, and I thought I just need to come out of that and just get on with things because that's what the Lord wants me to do. Build, you know, and uh, it costs a bit sometimes. I want to look at our society very quickly. Have you been missold PPI? Have you had one of those? 
It'd be a missold PPI. You know, uh, the wages of sin is death. You know, and you look at these companies. I want you to look at our society. Look at these companies. What they did is they lied. They lied. And they're paying for it. Do you know they're paying, for, they're having to pay back every penny. They had to reserve so much money for PPI. And they pay it all back. And not on top of that, they now have all these audits that they have on top, on, on top, on top, on top. And these audits cost companies millions of pounds. My company gets audited by four different organisations. You know, when the market crashed in 2008, and all the financial companies, what have they been doing? Deceiving everybody. Well, well they were on the line. Was it lawful? Not a lot of them went to prison, did they? Because technically, they weren't lying. There was a lot of deception going on. And it all collapsed. Because the wages of sin is death. And lying leads to destruction. VW, what Volkswagen, what did they do? They lied about emissions on one of their cars, didn't they? They said that it was really, uh, it was really um, safe for the environment and economic and you could have low tax on it. They just barefaced lied about it and then they sold everybody cars and um, <clears throat> they had to recall over a million vehicles. It's cost them six point five billion pounds. Uh, not to mention the biggest loss, which is the loss of reputation and the fact that people don't trust them anymore. They made eight point one billion profit, but most of it's down the toilet because of that, because of lies. Um, <clears throat> and so we see there's this direct correlation between this deceitfulness and just destruction. Just it, it, it's deceitfulness is destructive in its nature. Um, <clears throat> think about sports. Think about my beloved cycling. The people cheating, taking drugs, and they've ruined it. They've ruined the results. They've they've created an atmosphere of of um, having to check up on everybody. You know, if you're a cycling athlete now, your life is a misery. You have to inform the um, governing body where you're going to be every single day of the year and they come and get you out of bed at six in the morning and test you for drugs or three in the morning Is it because it creates this atmosphere of uh, you know it just ruins it for everybody um, <coughs> you know the thing I realised is that you know what God does with the truth is like a um, Long term. It's always long term. Telling the truth is the long term, is always long term growth. It's always long term life. Um, it's a strategy for living, uh, the truth is. And, um, and it builds and it builds and it builds. It builds trust. It, there's so many things that it builds. Um, and lying and deceptiveness is always short term gains. It's always a short-term uh, tactical fix to get us out of trouble. Uh, the long-term long fruit of lying and deceitfulness is distrust, broken relationships, emotional hurt and pain, 
Constant looking over your shoulder. Disappointment. Uncertainty. If you think about what is the, the long-term effects of deceitfulness on the marriage relationship? What's the long-term effects? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to have to tell you about it. You can probably guess. What's the long-term effects of lying and deceitfulness on a, um, on a child-parent relationship? It's devastation. That's the long-term effects of it. So why do we why do we lie? Well, partly it's 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 built in, isn't it? It comes with the it comes with the um, it comes with the installation kit. You know, it's part of it's part of the package. Because uh, you know, kids, you don't have to tell them how to lie. They they seem to know how to do it quite naturally, don't they? Uh, and the great thing is when you catch them lying when they're t- when they're really really young, because it's really really obvious, isn't it? You know, they're like, "Did you eat that?" No chocolate all around their face you're lying how did they guess (laughs) sometimes we can be deceptive because we don't want to deal with the consequences today I don't want to deal I just don't want to deal with it we know it's going to bring a lot of hassle I don't want to deal with the reaction if I have to tell them what really happened I don't care about the long-term relationship with this individual. I just need to get what I need to get today. I get eBay disputes, don't you? <laughs> All those sorts of things. Because people are deceptive. So... Uh, as Christians, we can uh, describe some of the ways I think we can we can just slip slip into um, into deceit. Really, not on purpose. You know, I wasn't trying to be a liar. <laughs> just it, you know, we can tell those little white lies just to make people feel alright. You know, because I want them to like me and I want them to feel good about themselves. And we can just sort of we 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 can start like that. Um, I'm going to allow this person to think something that suits me. Live in one way and um, talking another way. And I was very much like that when I was an early Christian. Praise you, Lord, on Sunday. Fall into absolute sin on Monday. Again (laughs) and again. (laughs) And come back. And, And the person I was wasn't reflected in what I was saying. And the Lord sorted me out. That wasn't acceptable. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's so important. You know, we can lie to our kids. Not purpose. But how about this? Listen to this one. If you do that again, I'm going to take that toy away from you. If you do that again, you're not having any dinner. If you do that again, you're not going to the park tomorrow. And what do they do? They do it again. Because <laughs> that's what kids are like, aren't they? They like to push the boundaries out to so see how far they can push. 
until you, until you actually back up what you're going to say. And I think it's really, really important that with our children that we make sure that we do what we say we're going to do. Because they need to know, you know, mum and dad are the truth. Just like Jesus is the truth. And if they say they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Now, I mean, you have to pick your battles. So you might think, right, I'm going to let a lot of stuff slide. But when I, when I, when I say I'm going to do it, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to back up. Because I, I need to represent Jesus here. And my kids need to know what the boundaries are. And I think if we don't give our kids those boundaries, they're going to grow up thinking, do you know what? I'm the exception to the rule. I'm the exception to the rule. If you don't get yourself right with Jesus, you're going to hell. Well, I'm the exception to the rule. I'll be all right. Got let off with everything else. And we need to, I think, it's, it's really, really important that we, we represent the truth to our children. And do you know what? They're not going to like you for it. Oh, I like being liked, <laughs> you know? But, but they'll love you for it in the long run. Um, <clears throat> I certainly love my mum and dad. My mum always represented the truth at home. I always got a lashing for everything. <laughs> truth telling is essential for authentic communication genuine interactions are cannot really happen without a without a foundation of truth yeah you know, i was talking to arwin the other day and she said oh, i've got this one friend at school and you just can't trust anything she says and so I don't really want to hang out with her because I can't, don't know what's going to... I thought, it's so true, isn't it? When you want a friendship, you need to know that when they say something, that it's true. You know? Truth-telling is a requirement for trust. You know, we were talking about earlier, oh, you trust Jesus. You, can, you know, you can come and you can trust him. You can trust who he is. Uh, and we can only do that because he's the truth. Uh, and if people are going to trust in us, uh, and what we say and what we do, truth needs to be the foundation. Imagine living in a society that didn't have truth as the, the underlying currency. You couldn't believe anyone. You can't believe what it says on the news because it's all, it's all lies. You can't believe what it says in the newspaper. You can't believe what your bank statement says. You know, there has to be an element of truth, you know, that our foundation is, is built upon. Having said that, I, I, I do want to temper it a little bit. Honesty as a character quality is a sign of the Spirit's work in a person's soul. God cannot lie. Bible clearly says that. Hebrews 6, verse 18. God cannot lie. He is the truth. Uh, and, and if God is living in our hearts, we have that inner conviction of truth, don't we? You know, you might even be on your own and no one can see and, uh, and something will come up and you think, oh, I could just do this and no one will know. And there'll be something inside you that's like, oh, I don't want to. Because the inner conviction of the Spirit gets hold of you. Uh, <clears throat> 
And he can change us from being absolutely rotten to being someone who, who's absolutely truthful. Um, <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> Honesty should always be accompanied by gentleness. An honest person is motivated by love, not by an obsession with relaying accurate information. You are bottom of the class. You got 3%. That is the worst percentile in, in the whole country. It's accurate information. It's not done in love, though, is it? And we have to be, you know, uh, careful as, as, as uh, carriers of the truth and guardians of the truth that we do it in a soft, kind way that causes people to grow, Right? We must speak the truth to our brothers and sisters because you can't grow without the truth, can you? You can't live in freedom without the truth. How about this? I just want to put this to you. Proverbs 19, verse 22 says this. What a person desires is unfailing love. Better to be poor than a liar. I was like, what? What have those two things got to do with each other? I'll read it again. What a person desires is unfailing love. You, you and I know that to be true, right? Because that's what I want. I want unfailing love. And then it goes on to say, better to be poor than a liar. Because someone who really loves you will tell you the truth. It might hurt a little bit. That's a hideous dress. Might hurt a little bit, but it's better than going down the catwalk in it, right? Above all, the honest person is concerned with telling the truth about God and fostering the spiritual growth of other people. And we've got to be about that. And uh, Tim was sharing with our leadership team this week. Um, how we've got to be spiritual uh, mothers and fathers. We've got to be spiritual parents to others and help them grow. I just think it's so important. Honesty fosters spiritual growth. It, 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 do, do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know when someone comes up and you says, you, you know what you were doing earlier? I don't think that was right. And you think, who are you to tell me? And then you go away and you think, yeah, they're probably right. Uh, I didn't like them at that moment. and I haven't liked them for about three days. Um, but they're right. And now I can grow because now I know what the truth is. You know, it says the truth will set you free. You know, um, it, it, it's so important, isn't it, that we tell the truth. Because otherwise people are completely up the creek you know, believe in all sorts of weird theologies or, or things about their life or about themselves. You know, we, we like to come up here and preach and we like to tell the truth about who you are in Christ. It's so important that we know who we are in Christ. Because if we don't, we're not free to, to receive all that God has for us. How are we doing for time? Am I over?
I told you to bring your sleeping bags, didn't I? Uh, I, I a couple of things. I'm so glad that uh, uh, I had a dad who was brutally honest with me about himself. Uh, now, he wasn't a very good person uh, to begin with in the early part of his life. Um, <clears throat> he made tons of mistakes. Uh, he was a drug dealer, a drug addict, uh, someone who went to prison, someone who did all sorts of things. Uh, and I was so lucky to have someone who was brutally honest with me about all of his failings. Uh, he shared them all with me. And um, there's some good stories in there. <laughs> but he shared all of his failings with me. And so many people won't do that these days. They don't want to share about their failings. They want to share about when they were the hero. Um, but it's produced fruit in me. Him t telling me about all these failings. Because um, I've not made some of the mistakes he's made. Because he took the time to tell me about them. But not only that, I, I saw that he had this confidence that was coming from another place. That he was confident in who he was, even though he'd made mistakes. And that confidence has transferred over to me. I'm a reasonably confident guy. I'm a reasonably open guy. Uh, and I put that down to someone who came into my life and was honest with me. And we've all got the opportunity to do that. You've failed. You've slipped up. You've messed up. Share with somebody how God set you free from that. Share with somebody what mistakes you've made. And don't be afraid to share, even with your children. This is a great learning opportunity. And I'm, I'm so pleased uh, that I had a dad who was willing to do that for me. I'm going to finish with a video. Hopefully the volume's working. It's a bit of fun, but I hope it makes you think a little bit. <laughs>